Hi, this is a message from Life Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. Great to have you here. We're going to get straight into the message today. Uh, Leeds United are top of the league and are close to the Premier League. And it's about time the football club caught up with the church, I think. And so uh, that's good. Liverpool are still top. England won in the rugby against Wales. Every week we do a sports report. We think it's important in the life of the church. Okay, we're going to read some verses to you from John chapter 14 is where we're going. John chapter 14, and we're going to start at verse 1 today. Jesus is speaking, and you can follow on the screen or you can listen to my voice. It says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. The Passion Translation puts it like this, don't worry or surrender to your fear. He says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. You know the place to where I am going. And then there's a couple of questions that the disciples ask. And let's just jump to verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. For the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, for I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Jesus basically speaking that we are one. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, I love how it says in brackets, not Judas Iscariot. (laughs) Not that idiot. Okay. It's like them saying, like brackets, not him, like another Judas said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us, but not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. For my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Here's what I want to hit home today. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, for do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. How many of you love that? Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If we're talking about like anxiety, there are three things that bring kind of constant anxiety to my life. Do you want to know what those three things are? The first thing is heights. Anybody else join me on that? Heights, extreme heights. I'm like talking like, you know, and not, I'm not, on an airplane, I'm fine. But when you're kind of exposed, like at the top of a building 
and you know, like the Empire State Building, and like it's exposed, and there's air. Like I don't know what it is, but I just never enjoy that kind of moment. In fact, years ago, my family, who are here today for the dedication, we went to Canada, and there's a tower there called the CN Tower, and it's really high. And at the top, there's a glass glass floor. Like whoever invented those things are crazy anyway. Like why would you put a glass floor at the top of a skyscraper? And I know they say that like 15 elephants can stand on it and it's perfectly safe. But when you're standing on it, it doesn't feel like that. And I was there, and there was this, there was this like this six-year-old boy, and he was fine. He was running across the glass as I'm kind of standing on the edge. And he, he, he on the glass, he kind of lied down on the glass and started going like this. I'm like, dude, stop it! Like. That's like my worst nightmare. Someone trying to smash the glass of a floor of a skyscraper. Fifteen elephants can't break it, but a six-year-old fist can. Um, in fact, a couple of weeks ago for Jay's birthday, we went to Go Ape, which is this kind of climbing place in Leeds with these high ropes. If you've got kids six and over, I encourage you to go there. It's amazing. You have to get a mortgage to go, but it's worth going. And, And Jay was like flying up these ropes and like these ladders, and it was like the junior course. <laughs> and I, I still had a little bit of nervousness. But you know, when you're the dad and your son, you have to kind of pretend everything's fine. He was like fearless. I was kind of not enjoying it. The second thing I, I don't like are snakes. Anybody join me on snakes? I hate snakes. In fact, you've got a Man United shirt on. You're the Red Devils. The devil is referred to in the Bible as a snake. <laughs> don't start saying you don't like snakes. You can't support that team and like snakes. Snakes. I don't know. I was watching this program yesterday, Deadly 60, and there was this guy who went round Australia, the outback, looking for the most deadliest snake in the world, called the fierce snake. And he got it, and he was like three feet away from it, and he goes, "Wow, this is amazing! <laughs> the snake is now in the perfect S position to pounce on me." <laughs> I'm like, "Bro, you need to get your head tested." <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> in fact, when we were on a holiday a couple of years ago, Jay again, Mr. Fearless, had a snake wrapped around his neck. He was two years old, with abs, and they both shared. You know, when you have those things. Snakes wrapped around their necks. I'm like, why? And we paid to do it. <laughs> And I'm like 14 miles away filming it on like some. <laughs> so heights, snakes, and the third thing I'm not a big fan of are like roller coasters.、I、hate roller coasters. And、um, just, 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 no. <laughs> But actually, they are. We're kind of having a little bit of a joke with those things. But that isn't like real anxiety. I suppose you'd call them more physical fears. They, those three things—they don't really interrupt me on a daily basis. They're not going to affect my day-to-day -day life. They don't really affect my destiny, unless I want to be a snake handler on a roller coaster that lives in a skyscraper. Okay, like that's the concoction of nightmare. But in terms of a day-to-day, -day, I don't really need to go up heights. I don't really need to hold snakes, and I don't need to go on roller coasters. So they are more, more physical fears. But Jesus says here in John 14, "Do not let your hearts be troubled." You see, when I talk about these anxieties, they don't trouble my heart. They are more physical fears that I just don't like. And I don't think Jesus is really referring to those kind of fears. I think he's more referring to those inner. 
aspects that deep within you have that you have anxiety about. And that anxiety might be something that you have shared with someone. It might be anxiety that you've never shared with anyone, but just aspects of your life where there are things that trouble your heart. They don't necessarily trouble your eyes, but they trouble your heart. You stay awake at night. You, you are concerned about it. And they don't always manifest themselves in big kind of like um, freak out moments or, or crazy moments. Sometimes they are just subtle. Sometimes they are just underlying concerns that you walk with on a daily basis. And I think the disciples, after walking with Jesus for a long time, and they are unsure and uncertain as about what is to happen next, Jesus identifies that there are some underlying concerns. Jesus is beginning to identify that your hearts are troubled. And I don't like the fact that your hearts are troubled. And so if Jesus is saying to the disciples then, he is also saying to the disciples now, who are the disciples now, me and you, he's also saying to us, don't let your hearts be troubled, but believe in God. Don't live in a place where your heart is always in trouble But Jesus begins to speak about how he helps us in this place. The Passion Version of that same translation says, don't worry or surrender to your fears. The Message Version puts it like this, don't let the world throw you. Don't let it throw you off course. And the context of this passage, you've got to think about it, because Jesus is like a chapter away from being arrested He's moments away from having his own concerns. And if you know you're about to be arrested and you know your time has come and it is probably going to result in crucifixion, how many of you know that is justifiable anxiety? (laughs) That's justifiable heart trouble to go through. And yet Jesus is not focused on himself in this moment. Jesus is comforting his disciples, his friends who have in comparison, minor troubles, let's be honest, in comparison to his own. Their troubles are like, but Jesus, where are you going to go? What are we going to do without you? Are we going to have a place in heaven? What's going to happen when you go and everyone thinks we're left to deal with all of this? Minor troubles, let's be honest, in comparison to being crucified on a cross. And yet Jesus takes the time to comfort his own disciples because he is aware that the trouble that the world is bringing to the disciples at the time. Bring it 2,000 years later to 2020, the time of life that we are in now, and the world clearly still has its troubles right now. How many of you know that? The world still clearly has its troubles, and the world's troubles are making hearts troubled. The troubles that we see and experience and associate with in the world through relationship, through circumstance, through society, the troubles in the world are navigating their way into people's hearts. Therefore, it's no surprise that statistics would say anxiety and fear, it is an all-time high in terms of people's statistics and how they've measured it and in terms of people's health when it comes to anxiety. It's an all-time high. Why? Because the world still brings trouble into our lives. And Jesus says then, and Jesus says now, don't let your hearts be troubled. Everybody Everybody put your hand on your heart. And say this today, no trouble today in here. (laughs) The message title for this 
uh, talk that I want to bring you today is going to come on the screen right now, what I want to speak about. It's called Trouble in the Land, but Peace in My Heart. Trouble in the Land, but Peace in My Heart. Because when I was preparing this message a couple of days ago, I went on the BBC News feed, like many of you do, and these were the main headlines. And I just took some screen grabs of literally, I just did a screen grab. I didn't like select them. I just took a screen grab of all of them. And this is what the first headline was. Supermarkets won't run out of food. (laughs) The government trying to reassure us that we're going to be okay. There's going to be enough Doritos and Pringles to go around for everybody. Okay, Cocoa Pops, they're going to be fine. The second thing, um, the first virus case confirmed in the Vatican. Thank you for that. The third case, fear returns to stock markets over the virus impact. Okay, and then we go down. Baby deaths in the NHS trust to return good care money. Then one billion Android devices at risk of hacking. That's why you should be on an iPhone, you Android (laughs) users. You guys are causing issues in the world. Come on, just go with the, stop being on the dark side and just come to the light. One billion Android users. Then, it, then the next thing it goes, um, Starbucks ban reusable cups in response to virus. Thank you, Starbucks. Then flyby collapse. An airline is collapsed, but look what it says. Could be the first of many. And then the last headline is awful. A young chess player killed by laughing gas. And you see these headlines, and you look at them, and you go, the world is in trouble. (laughs) There has been trouble, and there still is trouble, and it's perfectly normal for trouble to reign in the world. But Jesus is saying then, and I think Jesus is saying now, and this is what I want to kind of hit home today, just because there is trouble out there, you can protect yourself from letting it live in here. I can't do a lot about the trouble out there. I can't always fix the trouble out there. But I can protect myself from allowing the trouble to dwell in my heart in here. You see, the media has a big role in our society. We see it, you're bombarded by the media, video and TV and website and social media. But the media's job is not simply to inform you. The media's job really has a job to grab your attention. Because if it can grab your attention, it has you and you are an asset. So if I can grab your attention, there is money to be made as a result of me holding your attention. And so media, what they will do is they will do whatever it takes to kind of grab your attention. Airlines are all going to go bust. The coronavirus is going to go to different extremes and you better isolate and do all those things. And we'll come to that in a moment. And it just goes from thing to thing to thing to thing. The media grabbing your attention, not simply to inform you, but to hold you sometimes captive. There is a fight for your focus. Everybody wants your focus. Everybody wants your attention. And the world will try and get you to focus on trouble. And trouble will always lead to fear. 
And so the world's aim, if we can get you to focus on the trouble, why? Because that sells newspapers, it makes money, it brings more drama, it helps, helps, helps. Okay, so let's focus on the trouble and that brings fear. But Jesus is the opposite. Jesus will try and get you to focus on him and that leads to peace. And so the world, trouble will equal fear, but the Bible says Jesus brings peace as you begin to focus on him. And so we have fear on the left-hand side and we have peace on the right-hand side and we are there in the middle and we are sometimes swayed by the fear and sometimes we are drawn to the peace. Sometimes we are captivated by fear and sometimes we are looking for the peace. But it is a constant battle that all of us have to deal with. But the Bible says that Jesus will help you on the side of fear, but Jesus always lives in the place of peace. And so Jesus doesn't live in a place of fear. He will help you and he will guide you in your fears, but he will take you to his home. Where is his home? His home is the place of peace. The Bible calls him the Prince of Peace. And so he doesn't ignore you and he doesn't abandon you in your fears, but he helps you to bring you into his home of peace, which is why 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us, Notice that he gave us a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. And so if you have anxiety and if you have constant fears, God hasn't given you them. They are probably a result of the consequences of the trouble that lives in the world. And as a result of that, they have filtered into our heart, but Jesus hasn't brought trouble and Jesus hasn't brought fear into our world. And notice what Timothy says, it is a spirit of fear. Because a spirit of fear is different to simply being scared of a roller coaster or a snake. A spirit of fear has life. It moves, it breathes, it impacts, it affects almost every fiber of your being does the spirit of fear. But also, if the spirit of fear does that, how much more does the spirit of power and of love and of sound mind begin to rule and reign when it begins to overcome the fear? We all have fears. And I'm not talking about my three silly fears. I'm talking about like more serious fears. We all have those anxious concerns. I think that's what makes us human beings. You have concerns over your kids. You have concerns over your finances. You have concerns over the future. You have concerns over the past. You have all of these heart troubles. And so none of us are really like absent from ever experiencing them because we all have them. But some of them at greater levels do cause our hearts to be troubled. And what happens is it leads to fear. And what fear does is fear circles around. It's almost like a plane that cannot land and it never lands. And you're like, would you just land and it never lands? Fear circles around the landing site of if. (laughs) If, I-F. The smallest word with the greatest impact. If, what if? What if, what if, what if? And that is where fear circles around. Because what if brings is if brings uncertainty. If brings, we don't know the outcome. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how this will play out. And so if this happens, then that will happen. But if hasn't happened yet. 
And so we live in if it happens, almost like it's happened, but if hasn't happened yet. And so we are living in the fears and the anticipation of what potentially could happen, and it brings uncertainty. And that is why a few verses later, Thomas, the disciple, says to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. There is an uncertainty in Thomas, and that brings the fear, and that brings the heart to be troubled. And when it comes to the coronavirus that all of us see every single, where, everywhere we look, what the coronavirus brings is uncertainty. And uncertainty brings fear. Why? Because we don't know the next, we don't know the potential impact on our nation or the world. And so I'm not disregarding it today. We're not mocking it today. We're not downplaying it today. We need to take the advice of the medical professionals. You need to wash your hands singing happy birthday twice. You need to do whatever you can do to make sure that you are putting the appropriate procedures in place to keep yourself you know, as protected as possible. But the reality is we don't know. So what do we do? Do we grip ourselves in the uncertainty of if for the next six months, for the next 12 months? Because if brings a whole level of uncertainty and there are enough troubles in our own life without that becoming another trouble to circle around our lives. And so you might not know that. And there are lots of things that we don't know which bring uncertainty. But what you don't know is far outweighed by what you do know. And so I don't know a few things, but what I do know is that Jesus knows me. What I do know is that Jesus is for me. What I do know is that Jesus cares for me. What I do know is that Jesus fights for me. So I might not know everything, but what I do know far outweighs what I don't know. That's why Jesus says, cast your cares. What does cast mean? It literally means throw your fears, cast your cares onto Jesus. Why? Because he cares for you. And so Jesus says in verse one of that chapter, believe in God, believe in me. Because a time like we are living in, in our world, causes you to ask this question, where is my belief at? Where is my belief at? What do I truly believe? Because belief determines behaviours. You can't change behaviors without changing beliefs. And so sometimes we look at our behaviors which might be driven by anxiety or might be driven by certain fears and we're trying to change the behaviors. The only way you can change the behaviors is by changing what you believe. Because if I change what I believe, I can change how I live my life and I can change how I behave or how I respond or how I act. It is almost like a father grabbing his kid's face and saying, look at me. I will look after you. I am with you. I'm not going to leave you. You are safe with me. What Jesus is doing to his disciples is he is reinforcing belief that Jesus is God. And if I believe that Jesus is God, then if I believe it, I can trust it. If I believe it, then maybe I can trust it. Because verse 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I love what it says in the Passion Translation of that same verse. It says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Jesus is saying, I don't give as the world gives. 
The world will give you a whole lot of stuff, but I don't give as the world gives. The Passion Version puts it like this, fragile kind of peace. Because I'm just going to get a couple of people up here real quickly as we draw this message to a close. And, um, and, and, and you, one of you is going to pick one thing up and the other is... And Johnny, you're going to come over here. And uh, Johnny, you are the world. <laughs> you are the world. Okay? And you stand over there. And, and Martin, you are peace. Okay? And, and you hold that. And so the world comes to me and says, hey, uh, you know, here's, here's, here's a great gift for me to, like, to build my life on, a whole, a whole heap of things, fantastic. Like, oh, it has the appearance that it's good. It has the appearance that it's going to be strong. It has the appearance that it's going to do stuff. But it's really, it's just, it's just fragile stones. And like, I, as much as I, as much as, as, as kind of like helpful sometimes as it might be, that I, I, can't, I can't kind of like, I can't really do much with the fragility that Jesus says the world is trying to give. But Jesus says, I don't give how the world gives. Jesus says, peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. And so what I do with the peace that comes from Jesus is I place it and I begin to stand on the peace that he has given me. And that becomes the foundation for my life. Not the fragility of whatever the world gives. Why? Because this is going to keep me low and it's going to keep me falling down. But it is only Jesus when I'm going to not give in to those fears and understand that I take. Because what does Jesus say? Peace I give to you. He gives me peace. It is not something that he just holds and says you can have it every now and then. No, he says, my peace I give leave with you. I'm giving you this peace. And the peace is found ultimately through the advocate of the Holy Spirit, who was left as an advocate for all of us once Jesus ascended into heaven. And so no longer do I have to live on the fragility of the world, but I can stand on the peace that is found in Jesus. These guys can give them a round of applause as they head off the stage. And I've got to finish this in a minute and the band can come and join me, but you know, the world will try and give you lots of things. The world will try and give you a whole stack of things. But the reality is, it's, it's fairly fragile. It's fairly fragile. Kind of breaks quite easily. And what it lacks is the substance. What it lacks is the substance that Jesus brings. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, gives you real peace. And the Bible says it is a peace that transcends all understanding. What does that mean? Whatever you understand, whatever you do know or what you don't know, the peace transcends, goes beyond. Yeah, but I don't know how this is going to play out. That's okay. Why? Because peace goes beyond your understanding. Yeah, but I don't know what's going to happen in the next five years. Yeah, but that's okay. Why? Because the peace transcends all understanding. I know what it says, all understanding. Not a few things... But the peace that Jesus gives to us transcends, goes beyond, goes further than, overcomes all understanding. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He is speaking to you and me. And he says, number one, believe God. Accept the Holy Spirit and receive the peace that he has for you. Because when you receive the peace, it empowers you to be courageous. Jesus says in that verse, be courageous. You see, peace isn't some quiet state in a spa at Rudding Park, as nice as that is. Peace 
is some preparation to strengthen you for some courageous moments. Because when there is trouble in the land, it is the peace in my heart that helps me keep moving. Because when trouble begins to mount more and more in your society, in your workplace, in your school, in your college, in your university, people are freaking out over here and they are freaking out over there and politicians are freaking out and then the media is freaking out. We need some disciples of Jesus Christ. We need some disciples of Jesus Christ who have the ability to have some courage within them to keep moving and to make decisions and to bring peace in a time of disorder and chaos. But I can't bring peace into the situation if I have not received the peace firstly from Jesus. That's why Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I don't need to be concerned. I, I, I can still have the concerns, but they don't need to dwell in the richness of my heart when I take the courage that is a result of the peace that I've received. You see, the trouble, the anxiety, the fears that we have, what do we do with them? What do we do with them? Because they can just live in our hearts, dwell with us forever. Or instead, we can choose to take from Jesus the peace that He has, and we stand on that. Because many of you in this room today know the fact that He is trustworthy. He is reliable. He is strong. He is consistent. He is stable. He is secure. He is your shelter. He is your strong tower. He is mighty. He is powerful. He is able. Therefore, whatever trouble is out there, He that is in me is greater than He that is in the world. And so no matter what the world is trying to give to me, if I have the peace of Jesus within me, that will always be greater than whatever is in the world. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, for no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And you start declaring, you start speaking out, and you start living on the Word of God. Because you begin to realise peace isn't an attribute that we look at and admire. Peace is a person that we stand on and that we stand with. Don't let your hearts be troubled, but hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth that God is madly in love with you. Take courage, hold on, be strong. Remember where our help comes from, for He is Jesus, our redemption, our salvation. Choose what you will receive. Because just because the world is given it, doesn't mean you need to take it. Just because the world has it on a platter for you, doesn't mean you have to open arms, take it all. When the world brings the trouble your way, which it will, you just keep walking with the peace that is found in Jesus. And when trouble comes your way, which it will, the Bible says we will have trouble, we're not void from it. But when it comes our way, I don't receive any more trouble from the world. I've got enough already. But what I do do is I stand on the peace that Jesus has given me, the peace that He has left me. Choose what you will receive. And what's fascinating, 
The two chapters before Jesus brings this to the disciples, he predicts that Judas is going to betray him and he predicts that Jesus is going to deny him. And the next chapter, Jesus is comforting his disciples. He's comforting Judas and he's comforting Peter. Tells me that even when I'm at fault for the trouble in my own life, even when I'm the troublemaker, I'm not simply the recipient of the trouble. There is still peace in Jesus to comfort me during that time. Because you might look at your life and go, well, the trouble hasn't come from the world. The troubles come from my own decision. The troubles come from my own mistake. The troubles come from my own lifestyle. The troubles come from this. But Jesus speaks to Judas. He speaks to Peter and he speaks to me and he speaks to you. And he says, this is the peace that I give with you. Why? Because Jesus is kind. He is kind and He cares about your heart. And we always say in our church, He cares more about your soul than He cares about your service. And we always say in this church, we care more about your soul than we do about your service. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't live in fear. Don't take what the world is offering to give you, but receive what Jesus has for you today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We need to close this morning.